Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Tiger Minor League Report recap here at TigersMLReport.com. I'm Rogelio Castillo. Castillo. Alongside me is Chris Brown. Well, he'll be on here shortly. And we chose a pretty good day. Sunday is usually a day we broadcast anyway, but a lot has happened on a Sunday evening as the Tigers made a series of call-ups and we'll wait for Chris to get here. But first and foremost, I want to thank, so we, we had a chance to go out to South Bend on Friday and uh, good evening, Aiden. Good to see you here on the YouTube chat. And of course you can subscribe to us on YouTube and I'm going to, we're going to be releasing something up for YouTube here shortly, some extra bonus content, some way to subscribe, but I'm still working on the details on that, but shout out to Charles who invited us out to South Bend on Friday. We had a great time. Saw the, Cubs and the White Caps game. The White Caps unfortunately fell short in the loss, but it was good to see Eric Pinales pitch. And there was a couple of the Cubs have some really good low A pro or excuse me, high A prospects, but Charles was a great host. We got to know a little bit about the town too, how South South Bend at one point was called the Silver Hawks. And it was the reason why it was because of the Studebaker plant was in South Bend. And so his family had something to do with history of bringing baseball there. And that's a great, great stadium. Great, great stadium. And uh, four wins is a great, great place to see a game. So honestly, there's a lot of Cubs fans too, who are just the diehard minor league fans that were there. We had, there was a series of four people who were, every time they did anything, they had like lightsabers and he would do stuff. But Charles showed us around town and he was a great host. And then we got to meet, I believe it was Bruce, Bruce, a fan who came up to us and showed us around town or talked about an Italian restaurant. We get, unfortunately to get a chance to check out, but we will next time. But uh, honestly, if you're in the Western Michigan, if you're in Western Michigan or wherever you are in the great state of Michigan, South Bend, and you don't like Notre Dame <laughs> and uh, you want to check out a, a minor league game, go to the, go to South Bend, go to the four winds field. That's a really good facility and they do a real good job out there. So, I mean, if you can stand the Go Cubs Go for 30 seconds when you hear it, you're good to go. So, but yeah, that's a, that's a really good facility. Yes, plenty to get to today. Young, Gold, Perez, Job. There's there's a lot of things to cover. Like I said, I'm just waiting for Chris. Let me see if he's... Uh, uh, oh, I DM'd him. Let's see here. Uh, what a sworn... Okay. Ah, oh, there we go. The tin caps. No, it's the, that's Fort Wayne. That I think Fort Wayne will be next on our list. So right now we're going to probably be heading out to Erie this weekend. More than likely we're trying to figure the logistics out, but more than likely we will be in Erie starting on Friday. And I guess there's some big ex presidents coming to town too. So it's going to be a big cluster bleep to figure out exactly how the logistics will go on that. But uh, yes. So plenty to get to. The Tigers also, by the way, I got to go to the Tigers game today. They won three to one uh, home runs from Torkelson and Ibanez. And yeah, that was a, uh, it was a good win considering the last couple days were just kind of uh, sour taste in mouth. Uh, Stan wanted to know how South Bend was and South Bend was great. And uh, Chris will, Chris is now with us on the stream. South Bend, Chris, we really liked all the lifted trucks we saw um, in South Bend. But overall, the facility is fantastic. That's a that's a great scene to watch a game. Food was great too. 
Yeah, no, it was it was a, a very nice stadium. We, we kind of called it like a mix between Midland and Lansing, where it's it's got this kind of uniform shape like Midland, but in the heart of the downtown like Lansing. And it was it was, yeah, nothing bad to say about it at all, other than I guess the concourses are a little bit cramped. In the radio booth, uh, it was a little bit tiny, but yeah, you know, it, it's hard to complain too much about that. And, and they apparently are adding a second floor for probably a lot of more suites and stuff like that. But yeah, terrific facility. South Bend's a cool town. We we only spent, you know, a few hours there, but we had some fun. Uh, big shout out to Charlie for for showing us a good time. And uh, yeah, a couple cool restaurants, a couple cool bars we hit up, and uh, definitely want to make it kind of a, a yearly thing to get down there. Maybe catch a couple games next time. Yeah, stay for like a whole weekend. That would be. We didn't really get a chance to really explore, but some of the bars down in downtown. The was the uh, pub, the Irish pub. The, you went to Fiddler's Hearth. Fiddler's Hearth. That was a sweet pub. Really cool. And then next door was the Mark's Oyster Bar. or Madison Oyster Madison, Bar. Yeah, Madison's, Master, Madison's Oyster Bar. Really inexpensive food, too. And, yeah, really good atmosphere. So shout out to Dan Hasty, too, by the way, for having us on. Um, <laughs> I can't. My, I haven't looked at myself uh, today. My hair is oh. ridiculous. But anyway, yeah, no, uh, thank you very much to, to Dan for... He gave us uh, four plus innings to to ramble on the radio, which was nice. yeah. Also on Instagram Live, apparently. Yeah, know, yeah, we, yeah was, one of those. I know it was on it was on Instagram. We were on uh, Instagram Live, so yeah. Um, so we saw the announcement today on Twitter. Now Twitter switched their name to X or whatever. I don't know what the hell they're going to call it here, but um, apparently it's going to be apparently it's, it's X. No, it'll be Twitter. Okay, just like Google is Alphabet, right? Oh, Google. Like, like they can change the name all they want. People aren't going to be like, oh, it was, you know, I was Xing the other day and uh, I threw up a couple X's. Like, no, yeah. it's going to be Twitter. Uh, you, good work. Yeah. Way to ruin something. But anyway. Um, yeah. So, yeah, the announcement came on Twitter this mo- this afternoon, this evening. So uh, the young. So we had. So, yeah, okay, we had a couple things. We had first and foremost, Jace Young going up to Erie. and. After he went three for four today, he had a real good game in West Michigan. He DH today, so he went out with a bang, literally. And so from there, so Jackson Job got a call up to West Michigan, and we were we were thinking it was going to happen this weekend because yeah. on Friday. But what I saw Friday, too, we'll get to Troy Melton a little bit, but Troy Melton did a really a hell of a job. It was a good start for him. Uh, Luke Gold goes from Lakeland to West Michigan, and. Winteel Perez was on the 40 man roster. People tend to forget this. I think in my opinion goes from Erie to Toledo and we'll get to his numbers too. He has been playing better as of late. And so this is a good challenge for him. Uh, Sorry, Gibson long, by the way, uh, also went up to Erie or excuse me. He went from Erie to Toledo uh, earlier this earlier this week. So uh, yeah, we'll get to there's I think there's one. There's feel like I'm missing one. I I think that's it. Okay. You got, you got Perez and then, Young filled in for Prez, and then Gold is filling in for Young, and then Job is moving on his own. I think that's it. Um, yeah. Oh, by the way, Elton. Much, Elton. Yeah, thank you, Elton. Exquisite. I'm not sure where you live in uh, Indiana, Elton, but uh, yeah, we're out in South Bend. So next time, let yeah. us know where if you're nearby that area. I'd like to meet up and absolutely. You know, you know that'd be awesome. We met uh, Bruce. We, we met Bruce. Yeah, yeah, that was fun. That was a lot it's, of energy. Uh, a lot of energy. Yeah, we love, we love yeah. meeting you guys out there. And and I we, we can't thank you enough, really. It's it's 
it's a whole different feel when we go out and go, you know, I have to get gas and we just go put it on, put it on the card and you don't like worry about, at least I don't worry about my wife yelling at me. Yeah. Like, you know, it just, it feels so much better to be able to do that. So thank you guys so much. But uh, yeah, yeah. It was kind of uh, an exciting day for promotions in, t- in terms of prospects. We, like, as you said, we thought we might get young this weekend. We thought we'd get lucky. We didn't, but uh, you know, he'll probably be in West Michigan for the rest of the year, unless he absolutely goes bonkers and, and gets bumped to Erie for the playoffs, which wouldn't be bad. Uh, but we'll, we'll see him soon. So that's exciting news. Uh, it's kind of, it's kind of funny, you know, the last two first round picks, before this year get moved on the same day um and it it almost felt like the young announcement overshadowed the job announcement i think yes. and, and maybe it should have just because job has already been to high a before but uh i think they're both pretty exciting yeah it's funny too because all weekend he was hidden and everybody was like well, when, when when is uh young gonna come up to erie and there was a i was kind of like I, I somebody yeah i knew about it a couple days ago and then uh, somebody there was somebody in Erie. I gave those pictures they used that I yeah. gave them as those pictures based off it's, some of the exchanges. I had, yeah. So, well, and, and one of the questions at the very end of the, uh, when I was on there with Dan was, was, uh, you know, is, is young going to go up to Erie? And I was like, I, I think he might be up by the end of this month. I'm at the end of this month, I'll say, um, but you know, like a lot of times we can discuss this later, but people are always saying, why is he not near? Why is he not near? And, and every, like, I can't answer it every time, but, I just want to point out, and we've talked about this before, he, he has been hovering around 250 in terms of batting average all year, which is fine if you're hitting for power and, and on getting on base as he has, but that's not going to continue at higher levels. I, I think they wanted to see a little bit more consistency out of him, and maybe they just felt like he was he was finally getting there, or maybe they just felt like, all right, it's time to challenge him. But uh, like I said, like, it, and I've done this before, and I sent it to people. You can, you can look at a list of players in high A who are – Jace Young's age, who have stats similar to him, the same sort of power, same type of walk rate, same type of strikeout rate, you know, nothing outrageous. And there are like 70 of them since 2006, and like three of them have been decent big leaguers. It's it's not as exciting as you'd like it to be, but you can hope. And one thing I, I've pointed out was that he hits a lot of deep fly balls in uh, in, in the Midwest League, which is not a great league for hitters. Yeah. Uh, we even saw, you know, On Friday night, Charlie was saying that it's, South Bend, he said he's seen, you know, he was being a, a little bit um, exaggerating, but he said he's only seen a handful of home runs there, a couple handfuls of home runs there in all the games he's been there. We saw one, and the uh, Whitecaps hit a couple this week. But the Eastern League's uh, stadiums are a little bit more forgiving, and so it wouldn't shock me if Young actually starts hitting for more power. Maybe his average bumps up a little bit just because he's not playing in caverns, but uh, as Charlie also pointed out, that might not help him a ton in Comerica. So we'll yeah. have to see. There was a ball that Young hit the left. Remember that ball he hit on Friday night? That was like, yeah, a couple. But that one, the deep one where the guy made a nice catch in left field, where uh, that was, I, I think that would have been a home run probably out at West Michigan. But that it kept it in there. But, yeah, that was that was an example of what you were talking about right there. Yeah. But uh, so it was you know, definitely a fun trip. It, it was that um, – that version of the Whitecaps team we saw is not the most loaded with prospects. We basically saw Young. Uh, we didn't get Compost. We didn't get Pacheco. I don't think Compost played for the rest of the weekend. So maybe he's a little bit banged up. I don't think he played today or yesterday. Um, but we saw Young you know, perform, and it was interesting because I was talking about him, and a gentleman, a couple seats in front of us, turned around and started talking about it. And turned out he was the father of the pitcher 
that day, Brandon Birdsell, who was a teammate of Jace Young's at, at Texas Tech. So that was an interesting little uh, little conversation. But uh, yeah, fun time at the Stan, park. Stan wanted to know if does Young go regularly. He does. Yeah, I was just gonna say. Uh, in the air for the most part, but he will he'll, he'll hit the occasional line drive single to left center over shortstop. Uh, but he, he's kind of an old school. He really hits a lot of fly balls. He backspins the ball really well. It'll it'll go to the warning track to all fields basically, and he does hit a lot. I think most of his home runs go to the pole field and occasionally to center. But but yeah, he can hit the ball in the air uh, all over the field. Also, by the way, Kevin, <laughs> I'm try this again. Sorry. McDonagall, was that close? Oh, uh, Kevin McGonagall. McGonagall signed, so he signed a couple days ago, and uh, yeah, there was that was one of the last picks that did not sign, and yeah, Walter Jenkins, by the way, somebody brought that him up. They, well, we'll talk about that. We'll we'll get to some of the questions here shortly, but I wanted to go right and dive into Toledo this week as they took on Lehigh Valley, and Cody Clemens decided to say, you know, listen. I'm gonna make you, you know, make my, my hunt, the mud hens my bitch this week as the mud hens lost f- one, one in four, one in five against Lehigh Valley this weekend, and it was at home too, which was interesting because they they go to St. Paul next, so that's gonna be a tough series for them. But yeah, again, the theme of the the theme we keep talking about the mud hens pitching, 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 and they got some. I mean, Joe, you know, Joey Wentz had a good start, but I don't know, Chris. Again, the consistency in Toledo continues to be elusive. Yeah, you know, I, I think getting Gibson Long up there is going to help a little bit with the rotation, but it's it's it seems like it's been the bullpen all year long. Like we we talked about, the starting pitching isn't terribly exciting. Uh, they've they've added some some more interesting names lately, but what well, I think the the Wentz game, I want to say they were down one nothing or it was tied at one, and the, the bullpen gave up eight runs in the ninth inning. It yeah. was it was just a disaster, and so that's been a huge problem all year long. But yeah, I mean Joey Wentz had an outstanding start. Alex Fido had a good start there before he came up to Detroit and pitched today. And then Gibson Long's debut was pretty solid, uh, all things considered. I, th- I thought Fido did a really good job of keeping San Diego off balance today. He did a really good job of mixing his stuff when he did get that for contact to get the double plays he did. Um, he it was a good start for him considering he, he coming off his start. In Toledo, five innings, one run on two hits, walk and nine strikeouts, and so he earned today. He earned it today, and he did a really good job of uh, not having the bullpen really uh, involving the mudheads. Well, not mudheads bullpen to a certain extent. Jackal uh, Olafian got sent down to Double A, and his final start in Double or for Toledo, five innings, six hits, five runs, four home runs, yeah. and six strikeouts. That was his worst start of his of the season for him. Yeah, worst out of his career, arguably. Like, yeah, um, like he actually still got it out. I think five innings, right? But um, yeah, yeah, it was funny because we were talking, we were having our own little private discussion about him on the, the on our prospect ranking list, and uh, I was going to say, like, the one thing I like about him is, is in his career, he hasn't given up many home runs. He's given up, I think, ten total in his career. None at West Michigan this year, only two at Toledo, and then I didn't say it. And he gave up four home runs that day. It was like, oh my god, like that. That just is a bummer. I don't know if the wind was blowing out or what, but. But yeah, they they sent him back to to Erie, which we kind of we talked about a bunch of times. Like he's not, I don't think on in terms of prior organizational priorities, I don't think he's one of the top pitchers in the system in that regard. But I do think they like him. 
and they had a need in Toledo and they thought he could handle it. And he did for the most part until that final start. And now that they have Gibson long up in Toledo, they're able to, to put him back in area where he probably belongs. So it was kind of like a, you know, a little sojourn to a tougher environment just to, to get a taste of it. But I think he'll do okay in Erie. Yeah, I think he will too. And you, yeah, the, the bullpen, you're absolutely right. Talking about Matt Whistler had a bad week. Just couldn't, same thing. It's just, it was a series of Zabala can't get it. I mean, he can locate, I mean, he didn't really, even small sample sizes, but Miguel Diaz continues to be a disappointment. Honestly, yep. I mean, he just, he had he appeared in, in two games. Couldn't really put, keep the ball in play or excuse me, kept, couldn't swing any misses. Wasn't doing much at all. Yeah. Yeah. Seven earned runs and one in a third inning this week. Yeah. Um, not ideal from it, it. And it's the thing we've seen him look good at times, but it's just, it's just not consistent. And uh, yeah, it, it, like if, Honestly, if there was one area of concern for me, it was like, you know, Scott Harris. And this is kind of minor, but like you had hoped that they would have added more interesting players in AAA or, or been more successful with those guys. And really, I mean, you could argue that, that that's what they did with Andy Abanez, right? And Tyler Holton and those guys just happened to make the big leagues. But uh, the rest of the guys they added just haven't done a whole lot of anything. And it's, uh, and I guess, you know, Diaz was in the system last year too. So it's not necessarily Scott Harris, but, uh, yeah, and Whistler, as you said, hasn't been great. And Blair Calvo, Calvo, yeah, not, yeah. So, but and I forgot about I forgot they signed Brian Salmons, who had yeah, a good. I mean, he had a. I mean, he had a decent start, but a lot of these yeah. names are just like. I'm trying not to be, sound like a dick, but they, they're kind of forgettable. I mean, really, it's been a series of who's who's among minor league free agents, and they just keep churning them out. As far as the offense goes, this week for Toledo. A little different story. Uh, Parker Meadows having a strong week, batting 316. He went six for 19. Donnie Sands also had a pretty good week off this night. Five for 15 in four games of work. And good to see Grant Witherspoon, who has struggled and a good week in terms of walks, even five walks to three strikeouts. That's another thing about Parker Meadows this week, four walks to four strikeouts. And Justin Hemerloy, who was on the I.L., was supposed to be Oh, and there he came million back dollar, today. Yeah, came back today. And the million dollar question now becomes: Does he go to Detroit soon? Uh, I I think right now, if there's one thing about this weekend's series against against the Padres that kind of really, I'm not gonna lie, I've been very just kind of conservative about calling them up based off the transition from Toledo to the major leagues. But at this point, right now, Tigers are what 12 games under 500. And they are at a point now too, where it's either some of these guys have to, they have to make some decisions on. And I think there's going to be, whether it's Malloy or Keith or something to that effect. I think by the end of the month, we should see either. I, I think, well, I think I still, I'm going to go with, because Parker Meadows is on the 40 man. I think mm-hmm. Parker will be on soon called up for the next week or two. And that's just okay. That and that's not me knowing anybody or anything in that regard. The numbers indicate he deserves a call up at this point. Yeah, I'm looking at him right now. Uh, not not including today since June 1st. So we're going on six weeks, seven weeks, right? Yeah, almost two months. He's hitting 291. Uh, the advanced stats say uh, 291, 355, 552. That's a, a 261 ISO. It's a yeah. 9.7 percent walk rate. It's a WRC plus of 118. 
that's uh, you know he's not destroying the league but he's playing pretty darn well basically to the level he was playing last year in double a right so and as i think you mentioned on the on the motor city metrics podcast that you know he's pretty much he's not conquered lefties right but he's performing just as well against lefties as he can is against righties this year which is a good sign for him yeah and you look at the outfield situation right now in detroit outside of green it's still i mean carpenter actually today had a really good throw from right field that not surprised he's got a pretty strong arm actually uh, you know if if, uh, baseball savant is to be believed yeah there's the yeah and that was it even right now too you have to make a decision on Akil Badu and I, I got some flack for uh, the chat on Thursday about whether he's a regular major league player or not. Again, is he a good bench bat? Yes, but I mean, at this point, who would you send down? Maybe Badu, maybe I think it's going to be after the trade deadline too because they might, whoever they're going to trade for and Deadly Ninja B said well, the Tigers trade for catching prospect. I, yes I'm going to look you look at the catching situation right now down in the minors. I talked about this on Thursday a little bit. Dingler is out. And the rest, I mean, they had to bring up a guy from uh, the development league who's like 23 years old a Alonzo couple days Rubacaba. ago. Uh, yeah, Alonzo Rubacaba. Rubacaba. Yeah. And um, it is one of those things where they have, they, they, they have to. They're just the, the, right now the depth that shows shot. I mean, you expect Mike Rottenberg to get a call to West Michigan. He had his 12th home run of the season earlier today. Was it? Huh? Yeah, I think he had two home runs today. I yeah. want to say that, uh, yeah, he, he seems to have uh, conquered his low A demons. Uh, you know, there's still a lot of swing and miss there. I don't know if he's going to be uh, more than an org guy, right? But uh, it's, it's kind of comical now down in low A. He's hitting home runs every game. There is a catcher I mentioned in the Brewers system because the Brewers are looking for an ace, uh, Jefferson uh, Jefferson Quero, who's, I mean, he's going to be a top 100 prospect at some point. He is playing up those kind of numbers at 20 years old, double A. Uh, by the way, if you have not, go to our, our website, TigersMLReport.com and check out our trade pieces, part two and part one. Chris did the NL West, or excuse me, both NL West and AL West and the Reds. And I did the Brewers and both, uh, both divisions, the both East divisions. So, was there another team yeah. you did, Chris? I feel like you, there was. No, no, I did. Yeah, okay. you got it right. I did the Reds. I did the the Astros, the Rangers, and then the Dodgers, uh, Giants, and Diamondbacks. And you know, it's all speculation. Who knows how much you're actually going to get for a rental? We, we think that teams will pay a decent amount, but we were trying to find that that happy medium where they're not giving away one of their top prospects, not like a top 50 guy or whatever, but also giving up something of substance because that's what I would think that I think there'd be enough of a market for Rodriguez that, that you're going to have to put up a decent offer there, but yeah. And, and we know how these things go, right? It'll end up, he'll end up getting traded to like San Diego or the angels or somebody we didn't uh, account for at all. There'll be a team that comes out of nowhere, like maybe the Yankees or something to that effect. I don't know. Mm-hmm. They're even trying. You know what? What would be even interesting too if Boston just comes on an hour or two? Yeah, he's certainly got a history there, right? Yeah, exactly. Us, uh, we'll take Roman Anthony. Yeah, I'm cool with that. I feel preference. They wouldn't give him up, I don't think. But um, <laughs> yeah, uh, so we'll see what goes on there. They, it, you know, we were talking about the offense in Toledo. You mentioned Donnie Sands had a pretty good week, um, but but Colt Keith had probably his worst week since I don't know first two weeks of the season in Erie. Yeah, 
just just uh what did he do four for four for 21 four for 21 with a double the double was damn near a home run it was like a line drive to center field but two walks and nine strikeouts he just looked a little lost at the plate this week taking a lot of fastballs right down the the heart of the plate it, it was strange so i don't know it just seems a little bit off but we've talked about this before this seems to be the pattern with keith when he goes up a level Normally he doesn't, you know, you know, first couple of games, he hit those two monster home runs and everybody's like, oh, all right, here we go. But uh, typically he struggles for a couple of weeks before he, he gets settles in and it's fine. So I think he'll be OK. But it was a, it was a tough week for him. We, you and I talked about this Friday at the game. What about the fact that maybe he's experienced a little fatigue because this is the longest he's played yeah. in his pro career so far? Absolutely. That, that could uh, that makes a ton of sense. Yeah, we were trying to figure out how many games he would played. And yeah, he topped out at like 60 games, right? 65 70 yeah and he's up over 80 now so i'm sure that that's probably playing a little bit into it uh also it's baseball it's very hard sometimes you're going into a slump he may be giving these pitchers too much credit <laughs> like you know yeah. he's looking for looking for the junk and they're throwing the fastballs and i, I don't know but as you said we, we believe we fully believe in colt key's hit tool and his power potential and, and i think he'll be fine soon he just had a rough week yeah. Again, it's just you, you don't think about the fatigue thing until it, 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 it occurred to me until I realized that he missed. I mean, he was out from May until Arizona Fall League. And he's been playing yeah. since the Arizona. So if you think about it, too, he's been playing since the Arizona Fall League nonstop, plus right. getting extra reps in spring training. Yeah. And we knew he worked really hard in the offseason yeah. to, to drop some of the weight that he had gained uh, for the AFL. And yeah, so he probably is a little bit tired and. Uh, I don't know. We'll, we'll see. I think he'll be fine in a couple of weeks. So not too much to worry there. Yeah. And like I said, the buttons move on to play St. Paul next or before they come home uh, for beginning of August. So if you're looking, for, actually, I'm sorry, they go to, they go to Iowa right after that. So they go back to Iowa. And so we don't see Winsteel Perez in a Mudhens uniform until the eighth when they take on Columbus and they have a yeah home series of Columbus and Omaha following two weeks after that. So um, let us move on to Erie where Erie, the Seawolves continue to be a team where you, there's not a dull moment in Erie. And I know people are asking if we talked about justice, justice Bigby and justice Bigby has been the talk of the town now for the last uh, few weeks. I mean, a little longer than that. I mean, the whole season, honestly, no, uh, Aiden, that's right. Yeah. You percent, you per might probably will end up going to see him. Um, but, uh, as far as that goes this week against Binghamton, Binghamton's not, it's not one of the, they really don't have any prospects. They're not a good team, but for whatever reason, it's also in the middle of, as someone told us, hell, New York, um, <laughs> they split the series with the rumble ponies. I still think that I'm sorry. That name's a, that's a stupid name. I'm they sorry. It used to just be the Binghamton Mets, but yeah, I'm but, sure it has, it's related to some, you know. Maybe they made trucks there or something. I don't know. But. No, no, no. Hey, hey, hey. We got to be a wacky minor league team to get some more tickets. And so that's yeah. feels like that's what it was. But however, they I mean, here's the thing, too. They were shut out. They were they were shut out twice against the Rumble Ponies. And that just makes zero sense. to me. But but there were some individual pitches, pitchers, performances we could talk about. Mm. And. I think one of the best parts about this week is Flores was hitting 96, 97. So blood, right. By the way, thank you for the $5 exquisite. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, it wouldn't shock me if Ty Madden ends up being the pitcher of the week in the Eastern league. 
he pitched on Tuesday and I was going to clip it together and I had it all. And then he pitched again today and, and tied his career high with 10 strikeouts. So I was like, well, all right, I'll just put that one up. By the way, yeah, right before the show went on, I, I uploaded five videos. You can see Sawyer Gibson Long's AAA debut. You can see Ty Madden's 10 strikeout game. You can see our Troy Melton appearance in 4K uh, from behind home plate. You can see Wilmer Flores. We'll talk about him in a minute. He did touch 97 in that game. And that was actually one of his his worst by the numbers, Wilmer Flores' worst outings since April. But you can kind of see how it happened. Basically, there were there was uh, a seeing eye single, kind of an infield single off off the glove of the shortstop, and then he gave up a three run bomb. And after that, there was just a you know a little bit of, of wildness. But uh, he really battled through that, and I think that was something like encouraging you see from that. Sometimes you know not not every one of these videos is you know, is going to be a guy dominating the other team. But to see him, he was almost gone in the second inning. He was up to like 28 pitches, and he came back and completed five after that, and I thought it was uh, pretty impressive. That was, he battled back, and it kind of shows the kind of the thing he's been doing all year long, where when he struggles with spots, he ends up finding a way to come back from it pretty strong. And, you know, it was interesting, too. Um, we're talking about, the, oh, yeah, by the way, the Pena video, I literally just have to upload it now. So uh, Carlos Pena, Stan's favorite left-handed starter, had a good start. We'll we'll get to that a little later. But Matt on the week, by the way, nine two-thirds innings, five hits, one run, and 18 strikeouts. Yeah, that's a pretty good week. (laughs) I can't get it to to do anything. I'm going to put a hat on here in a second. But, yeah, it was was interesting because part of – Time Madden reminds me a little bit of Alex Fiato at times because he's he's kind of a little bit of homer prone, but when he has his slider, he's really good. And and he had his slider in this most recent outing today, and he, yeah, Binghamton couldn't do a whole lot with it. Uh, I think he actually did give up a home run on the slider; it was a hanger. But other than that, he was really they were waving a lot of sliders. And you know, I don't know if he's he's going to be ready for promotion here. I think, you know, that the entire. Uh, rotation could arguably get promoted if they wanted to, right? We, we've talked about it before. They have, they all have really interesting stuff. They've all performed pretty well this year. Uh, it's just a matter of, of, do they want to, do they think it's beneficial for them? And uh, maybe, maybe we'll see that down the line. I don't think that the pitching depth in the organization is strong enough to kind of backfill Erie at that point. And I, I don't know if they care that much, but uh, I, I don't think they want to leave West Michigan with nobody uh, pitching in Erie with, with, you know, I, I, not to be mean, but it would be like Carlos Pena and it would be Troy Melton and it would be, yeah, my inner Elvis. Thank <laughs> you. Thank you very much. I'd say, yeah, Stan said, I'm struggling with my inner Elvis and Deadly Ninja B says, I look like I'm about to be struck by lightning. And both of these things are true. Um, <laughs> yeah. Like, I think you, you could, you could make the case for time. I had to get promoted for sure. I just don't know if they're going to do it based on, if they, they think it's it's terribly necessary or not. Yeah, and really depends on whether or not they, I mean, Pena has pitched in Erie before. So, and then if you, yeah, but you're right though. If you if you call yeah. what's left in Lakeland to West Michigan, it's not really. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, yeah, honestly, it really is just about bodies at that point. Like, yeah. like they could call, call Pena, he'd probably be fine in double A, but other than the other guys they have pitching in West Michigan right now are, are Willie Ender Moreno, who's kind of a reliever pressed into starting duties and uh, Melton. Yeah. Who just got called you know, up. Yeah. So it's, it's, there's really not enough bodies there, unfortunately, but 
and this is why a guy a sign a signee like Lyle Locker has come into play, and he had another yeah. good start. Yeah, he, he had he, a, he, he had two really good starts in a row. Yeah. Uh, what is he six innings this last outing? Yep, two runs, first? three walks, and seven strikeouts. He's cut his walks down significantly since coming to since coming yeah. over from the Dodgers and or from the, from Tulsa, which you, he was walking. His walk rate was ridiculous. Yeah, the, the the change in his numbers is dramatic from leaving the Dodgers organization as reliever and coming to the Tigers organization and, and moving into a starting role. It's uh, it's been it's like night and day. It's kind of wild. Yeah. Uh, no, you know he he doesn't light up the radar gun or anything like that. But he he throws a lot of strikes and he's got a pretty good breaking ball. And I don't know. He, yeah, he's been very helpful. He's kind of the Brady Allen pitcher <laughs> equivalent, like if you will. Like he's really helped that rotation. Yeah, that's a that's a guy who I'm going to try to seek out and talk to this weekend uh, when we head out to Erie because I think that's an important story to t- talk about because he has come at a time where it, you have that flexibility of probably calling up another arm or two to Toledo if need be because in terms of whether or not it, it really depends what also was what you plan on doing Lakeland too because there's a couple arms that maybe could go to West Michigan but again we'll we'll look at that a little later and Kyle Montero another good start for him. Five innings, four hits, one run, uh, struck out five, and he had two walks. But the bullpen, Erie's bullpen is, I mean, from the Jesus to Madison. Madison. I mean, it, Tyler Madison, by the way, is just just pure filth. Four, uh, he had uh, four innings of work this week, eight strikeouts, but over his last two weeks, Tyler Madison's numbers are even more impressive. So you're talking about a guy here. Over six innings of work, because he didn't pitch that much in the last six innings, 10 strikeouts, three walks. And it's given Erie a much needed, some much needed depth in their bullpen that they didn't have in the first part of the season. So you have that guy in your bullpen for the playoffs, that's going to help a lot. Um, between yeah, him, sure. zero hits the sitting at the yeah. right? Yeah. yeah, zero hits. And yeah, he didn't give up a hit last week either. And oh. uh, Andrew, yeah, and Andrew Mango has been pitching pretty well as of late too. Yes, yeah, and and uh, it, we we've talked about Blake Hollib a lot. He, he's kind of he fell back to earth a little bit, but that's another good arm in the bullpen. They really do have good arms and, and good performances down there. One thing I wanted to mention before I forgot, um, and maybe this is a, a good time for you to pull this up. If you pull up Ty Madden's MILB page, yeah, um, I think some people are familiar with. Uh, you can see it the mid mid pitch face. It's a very uh, unfortunate look for most people because uh, it's just not a good time to take a picture. Um, and if you look at Ty Madden's, it looks exactly like that, like that funny Instagram filter or Snapchat filter that people put on in movies to get like the <laughs> funny, like, you know what I'm talking yeah. about? I think. Yeah. Yeah. Look at that face right there <laughs> in the middle. It looks exactly yeah. like it to me. Like the, there's a whole scene of people doing uh, a few good men with, with that filter face. I'm like, Oh, <laughs> poor, poor Ty Madden. But yeah, uh, that's classic. Yeah. yeah that's, that's a good picture right there. But yeah, I mean, and Jackson Jobs looks kind of funny. Roberto Campos has always been hilarious. He's he's like yeah. he's like screaming, and his eyes look too close together. But whatever. Anyway, I digress. People at home, go ahead and, and check it out. So we did get a question in there: Do players in Lakeland get their housing paid for by the Tigers? Uh, well, I think they stay. I don't know if they have to stay at the dorms there in Lakeland. Yeah. But I I don't know if they get paid for it if they live off the dorms or if they even can. But uh, but yeah, uh, the the teams do now provide money for housing for I believe all levels. 
Yeah. So it's it's one of the the welcome changes in minor league baseball over the last couple of years. <laughs> the <laughs> the comp that's another good comp right there. Um, that, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's a yeah. Yeah. I'll go with that. If, if you're if you're curious, Casey, learning what Fire Marshal Bill was from In Living Color in the '90s. Yeah. That's definitely <laughs> that's. Yeah. Let me show you something. Let me show you something. Yeah, that's a good character reference there. All right. So anyway, getting back to the bats in Erie, one of the uh, bats we we're just talking about just briefly was Justin or Justice Bigby. And we're going to have to start coming up with some comic names or whatever we have. He had a good week, seven for 20 at the plate, two home runs. One was an opposite field blast. Um, OPS over a thousand, 350, 391, 650. And that was in terms of, and then Julio Rodriguez had a good week too. But the outside of that, Chris Myers had a good game. Winsteel, but after that, it was just kind of like a kind of drop off a little bit. Yeah, it, it was. Uh, and that's part of the reason you you end up getting shut out twice, right? Uh, yeah. But but yeah, it was it was a good uh, good week for Bigby. Like it, we talked about it, so much of his his power goes to the opposite field. Like he he's like an old school upright swing uh backspin the ball deep to right center to right field it's it's really impressive um yeah and, and like you know people say you know, not, not enough people are talking about him we, we talked about him we have our updated top 30 coming out yeah i don't want to spoil it but i believe he is He's 14th there. or 15th on our list oh damn like, it chris i was gonna tell you not to say it but no well i i mean we haven't put it out yet because we're yeah. waiting to see what happens from the back at the track at the, the uh trade but yeah, I mean, it's hard not to be impressed with what he's doing. You watch him, and he just seems like he knows how to hit, and he's got that natural power to all fields. And uh, we were trying to come up with cops for him there in South Bend because it's it's hard to – because I think it's plus raw power, but he because it's such an opposite field approach, it plays more like average to above average. Like he's going to end up with 20 home runs this year. But I feel like if he pulled the ball more, he could hit 25-plus. Yeah. So I don't know. It's like, it's like a 45-hit, 55-power maybe. Uh, with you know average defense in the corner outfield it's it's an interesting dilemma there but yeah like you see he just he has a really natural feel for for hitting the ball the other way which is something you don't see in a lot of guys <laughs> that was a but he even his arm he's, he actually has a decent arm in the outfield somebody asked about that in discord it was better than carpenters i personally i think it's it's serviceable i mean to, to say the to say it politely or to say it at all, I I really yeah. don't think it. He's not going to be a liability on the field. Yeah, it, it's um. No, he's been he's been uh, arguably the most pleasant surprise in the system this year. Yeah, as far as I mean, the rest of Erie's offense. So since Keith has left, it's it was like with the joke that uh, AJ Hinch said to Greg, "Tell Gabe, I'm sorry we took Cole Keith from you." <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh. You know, I mean, Cole Keith was the engine driving the offense. It, it, you know, Dingler was hurt too. We haven't seen a ton of uh, like Diego Rincones. Workman was gone. They brought back Daniel Cabrera. There's, there's a lot of, um, you know, um, Danny Soretti hasn't really found his footing yet. ML Jerry had a bad week too. He went 0 for 18 with 10 strikeouts. That's, that's tough, you know. Yeah, and it's unfortunate. You know what? I, Binghamton might be the closest stadium to where he grew up. Oh, yeah, it's true. I think, or was he in Rhode Island? I don't know, but no, he was. I think it was. No, I think he was in New York. I think. Yeah. Well, we talked to him about that, yeah. but um, 
yeah, no, it's, you know, it's a tough week, hard out there to hit, but, uh, you know, I, I think Jace Young will probably provide them a boost if he can be a little bit more consistent at the plate and, uh, that'll certainly help. So, uh, yeah, it'll be interesting that they still have managed to play well. That pitching staff is going to carry them. You know, the starters are good. Even, you know, Brand Herter has been struggling, but he's not been getting blown up, right? He's just, right. just not nearly as sharp as he was at the beginning of the year. We talked about Flores, you know, battling through his rough outing. We mentioned Madden being really good this week. We mentioned Lockhart. And you mentioned, we, you, we touched on Montero. Montero has just been good consistently. I, yeah. I think he's like eight and two now. Like, we don't care about records really, but that shows you something. He's, he's, he's only had, two or three rough outings in Erie and the rest of them have been pretty outstanding. So I think he's been Erie's best pitcher. I mean, it's, yeah, I think it's fair to say. I agree. So we were asked in this chat, when's the last game of the season for some of these minor league teams? Stan was asking. So Toledo's September 24th. Erie is the, I think Erie and West Michigan are both September 17th. And yeah. And and Lakeland, I'm not sure about, but, uh, but yeah, that's, that's the uh, when the well, not including the postseason for Erie, rather, because Erie is yeah. going to be in the postseason. So, well, and and uh, you know, theoretically, the, all the other teams have a chance to make the postseason too because they're all split seasons. I, I it's just true. The standings. Uh, I, I don't know if anybody is really threatening that at the point in the moment, but uh, Erie, we know for sure, is going to be in the playoffs. Yeah, I haven't really. West Michigan's been kind of hit and miss for the last couple of weeks in terms of wins. Oh, so West Michigan, by the way, is September tenth. So I'm assuming like Lakewood will probably be around the same. Yeah, that's you. And you know what happens? Uh, the final three weeks of the season in the Florida or the Gulf Coast League, Florida Complex League, and uh, Florida State League, they get like four games in. It just turns into a monsoon season down there, and, and, yeah. and like all the games get canceled. So their final yeah, game could be August 29th for all we know. Yeah, exactly. It, it, there is a good chance, as a, a friend of the show Sherry was telling us that. The reason why July blows so bad in Florida is because it's either going to be really, really sunny and muggy, or it's going to rain all day with violence. Yeah. So it's, it's not great. No, it's not great. But uh, so getting back to the swing of things going now, we now head down to we were just talking about South Bend and the Whitecaps split the series three, three games apiece as they got some strong pitching on the start this series on Tuesday. And then they came back and got shut out. But that start on Tuesday was Carlos Pena, right? Yeah. Um, and again, I cut it up. I just got to upload it. Five innings, eight strikeouts, and no walks. That's an important part of that. Five perfect innings, right? No hits, no walks. Yeah, perfect innings. Yeah, struggled with walks a little bit. And uh, we had a chance to also see... Eric Finales pitching person on Friday, really good, big arm. But the problem is, is they cannot locate his off speed to see his life. And he had the one strikeout he did have was the first changeup he landed or first. Yeah. First, I want to say changeup or slider. I can't remember what it was. That was the first time he landed a strike on that. So, um, but yeah, the, the white caps in terms of offensively speaking, Ray Allen Friday too made a really good play at from running down their second run attempt they try to score on. But um, outside of that, Chris, in terms of offense, or let's just stick with pitching first. Anything else stood out to you this weekend, this week with the caps? Uh, well, let's see. You know, I, I, I mean, we saw Melton, right? And and that's like the third time we've seen him. 
And it's it's interesting because the stuff is good. The fastball is is st- steadily 93, 96, right? And he's he's he'll show you four or three different secondary pitches. They're they're all flash, kind of useful above average, maybe, but uh, nothing super consistent. But he the one thing he's doing is he's throwing a ton of strikes, uh, almost to his detriment. I feel like like he he threw too many strikes, or probably not locating within the zone the way he needs to. But it's an impressive arm, and uh, you know he got hit by a couple really good prospects for the Cubs. But other than that, he's another one where it was we we're kind of impressed by his ability to fight back through some adversity there in that that game, and also he had a a, a long in between innings because the Sup and Cubs did this uh, you know um, kind of tribute to a kid yeah. who's uh, it was kind of a sad thing that I was like ah geez this kid who's uh, who was born prematurely and his twin brother died and and they you know they let him run around the bases and slept five with everybody. It was kind of cool, but it was like, why are they doing this in the third inning? It felt like something you could do. I don't know, more natural stopping point, but uh, yeah. any event. Uh, so Melton had to deal with that. And uh, so, you know, it was just like a 10 minute, 15 minute add to his already, you know, sitting down. But yeah, other than that, it wasn't uh, nothing really stood out to me. You know, Workman had that one nice game to begin the week but then didn't do a whole lot after that. We saw Pacheco hit a three-run homer later in the seat of the week. Uh, yeah. And Young, you know, Young had a, a couple of good games and got promoted, but then we got Luis Santana hit a home run today. That's his first home run with West Michigan. Uh, but yeah, as as you said, like it's, it's I'm, I'm struggling to even remember some of the pitching outings from the other starters there this this week. It, it just wasn't, uh, not a whole lot going on. Will Cal pitched pretty well. Five innings, three hits, one earned run, seven strikeouts. That's, Connor, Hol- good. Uh, Connor Holden continues to pitch well. Yeah, Connor Holden, uh, Michael Beanlines back there, Dario Gardea. It's yeah. uh, we we did we also saw Trevin Michael. He did, you know he had a, a rough week. Yeah, but you did see you know he was he was spinning up a thirty three hundred RPM breaking ball there that was it's pretty impressive. But it's it, the results haven't really been there all year. So uh, the, is, in terms of is P- Pacheco improving. That home run was nice to see because that was the first time that outside of Lansing, it feels like there was yeah. <laughs> from a way from a way park standpoint. I, I I haven't noticed any obvious improvements with Pacheco. He kind of looks the same as he has for the last two, three months. It's the ability is there, just a lot of swing and miss. And uh I don't not not enough, enough consistent contact. But the power, the power is obvious, and when you see it, it's it's fun. And the defense has been solid, even even at shortstop. But uh, yeah, it's I would call this a kind of a stagnation year for him. Yeah, and in terms of you know offense outside of that, outside of Young, it was been me and Santana. It's been it was kind of a rough week for the bats. Crouch, uh, it was a Don, Don watching Don Johnson too. He had some really bad at bats on Friday. Yeah, that's it's it's a. Tom Johnson is a bummer because he's very fast. And when he makes contact, he hits the ball very hard, surprisingly hard for a kid who's like five, eight, but yeah, he just, I don't think he recognizes spin very well. I don't think he handles velocity terribly well. It's, it's a lot of swing and miss with him. And, and he's not uh, as good of an outfielder as you would expect. Yeah. He's okay, but it's, it's, he's a left fielder mostly. And, and it's just, you know, you hope he can improve with, with time. We've seen some guys take a little while to, to figure it out, but I know I'm, I'm excited to see Max Gold in West Michigan. Luke Gold, yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. Not Max Gold. Um, Luke Gold, because he, going on two months down in Lakeland, was hitting like 360 with power. Uh, so 
He's a guy who deserves a shot. I think, you know, based on draft pedigree, you would have liked if, if Peyton Graham had figured out a way to make it up to West Michigan, but he's been injured and, and hasn't been performing terribly well. So give it to the guy who, who deserves it. And uh, it's good to see, but I don't know if he'll be able to fill Jace Young's shoes terribly well, but we'll have to, only time will tell there. Yeah. Between him and Santana, it looks like they'll probably fill the void there. Uh, so let's move on to Lakeland as Lakeland also got split against uh, Dunedin against the Blue Jays and they won big today, 10 to four. So that's a big 10, four. Good buddy. That's a big 10, four. <laughs> yeah, breaker, 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 10, four. Uh, Steph Stevenson has been Second having a, of the year, right? Yeah. It's been having a good week too. Uh, stepping up, you know, you, yeah. Ian gold, or Ian Gold. No, I just made it. Luke Gold or Luke Gold. <laughs> we were, yeah, we were both... Ian Gold, former Belleville uh, running back slash Michigan <laughs> linebacker slash Denver Broncos. I think. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, some interesting offensive performances. Like that's we talked about. Lakeland went from this kind of sad sack team to to reeling off twelve consecutive wins and hitting all sorts of bombs. And it's kind of funny. We talked about Rothenberg earlier, but Carlos Pellegrin is uh, or Pellegrin, uh, this Cuban kid. Yeah, three from four today. Has three home runs this week, I think. Yeah. Um, he is an outfielder. He's really tooled up, uh, like like more tools than Jose De La Cruz. Um, so it's exciting to see him produce. And and he was starting to do that at the beginning of the year, but got hurt. So that's exciting. Uh, you got the classic Christian Santana with like an 847 OPS, but batting 188 because he you know he hit a home run and a double and then walked three times, and that's just kind of who he is. Um yeah, Rothenberg, three home runs. The classic Rothenberg, too. Three for 21, three home runs. <laughs> Two walks and 11 strikeouts. So, but there you have, they're bombing the ball down there, which is at least kind of fun, right? That's If you're going to strike out a lot, you might as well hit some home runs, too. Yeah, that makes it a lot, a lot, a lot more interesting. And, and Pellegrin, the thing about Pellegrin, too, is if there's one thing about, it, it does kind of stand out a little bit. He is 23. You kind of forget that he's been there. He's been in a system since 2021. Um, but the reason why I'm not really sure why he hasn't really gone higher up, um, beyond where he's, it's just, I mean, I know he has been either in rookie ball or, or excuse me, in, in complex ball. And at some point I, w- I would hope that they would bring him up to West Michigan and at least get some sort of flavor to that, but they might wait till next year, but he's, I guess it's 23. It feels like he's a little, he was the late signing, but um, as far, as far as Sam was asking, have Latino signings have been a disappointment all over overall? Nah, no, I mean, again, you look at Kyra Montero, you look at uh, Roberto Campos, uh, uh, Wilmer Flores comes to mind too. Yes, but a lot of them, I, I don't know, it's too early to tell on some of the newer ones, but there's a few that are just org father at this point, at least in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, it, it's, you know, Pellegrin and, and, Jose de la Cruz and Adenso Reyes and guys like that are all kind of you, you're hopeful for the tools, but as you Roger saying that, you know, they're getting older and you'd like to see them reach the upper minors at some point. But uh, yeah, I mean, Santana has been a disappointment this year. He's, he's, he's performed better over the last month or so, but it's still, you know, better for him is hitting 200 uh, with, with patience and power instead of hitting 100 with patience and power. And, and you still, you need to see that get better. Um, yeah, but some of the younger guys, we'll, we'll talk about the the complex league. There's there's a lot of impressive performances there. 
So that's something to hang your hat on. But it, again, it's the lowest level of, of stateside ball, so you can't project too much on it. And Carlos, uh, by the way, Carlos Mercado had another strong start. Uh, five innings, two hits, two walks, and five strikeouts. And so it looks like he's going to finish the month. Lowering his ERA is going to be under two for the month right now, currently at 1.80. And he's a guy who just turned 20. Maybe they call him out to West Michigan. Who knows? I'm a Colin Fields also is a, another guy who had a good outing this week, just four, four innings, but still two hits, four strikeouts. And he was drafted, I believe, last. Was he, was he, wait, was he a signing? I think, I think Fields oh, was, a, was an undrafted free agent. Yeah, that's signing. minor league free agent signing. Yeah, that's right. Um, yeah, I mean, I mean, the big news this week, right, was was Jackson Job pitching. Right. Um, and we have, now he's off to West Michigan. We we don't get to get the, the fun data on him anymore, at least not publicly. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, he was, I actually, I, I, I put it all together. Thanks to the part to Jerry and thanks to just uh, to our ability to put it into a Google sheet or whatever. But yeah, it got to the point where he was dominating in a way that you would hope he would. And uh, I think I, I want to say his, the, the whiff rate on his slider is about 67%. Um, I'm, I'm trying to find it right now. Let's see. But uh, yeah, the fastball whiff rate, it was taking up whiff rate is good. The cutter, his new cutter, is playing really well. He probably, he throws a sinker a little bit, probably needs to shelf that eventually, or just, you know, he doesn't feature it very much, but it doesn't miss any bats. Right. But maybe that's, you know, you want that, you want to roll up a ground ball. And he also has something that is labeled as a curve ball that doesn't get any swings and misses, but he gets a lot of called strikes with it. So it may be more of a, you know, throw it at the top of the zone and have it drop in pitch. But all the data suggests that, yeah, he's ready for high A and should be pretty damn fun to watch. So I'm excited about that. You know, one of the things too, I was looking at for some of the kind of like diamonds in the rough, if you will, among some of the data we have and in terms of pitching, pitching data. So the reason I was at, like, was gonna, I looked into it a little bit is because I was trying to figure out exactly, okay, some of these arms that are down there are very raw. They're very, they, they still have to really kind of, um, they need some work. And yep. so like, for example, like Chris Williams Jr., like his velocity on his fastballs, not it's like ninety two point four. He's a um, lefty, so you can get away with yeah, sort sort of get away with it. But yeah, yeah, um, I, yeah. We just we, most of the guys they drafted last year, the pitchers. It, it's hard to pick out any of them and, and go say, "Hey, that's the guy. That's the one who's who's taking a step forward." Somebody probably will eventually, you know, next year uh, maybe. But uh, it, you got like Quinn Goditis and Cole Patton and Cole Stupp, and and some of these guys have some interesting raw numbers in terms of velocity or spin rate, but, but nobody's really like dominated by any stretch of the imagination. So it is, it's, it's tough to go into the data and be like, yeah, this is, this guy's really interesting. It's, it's like it's oh, not... one of them is Iker who he is. Yeah. That guy's I, I, got some interesting Iker who numbers. Yeah. Hiker, yeah, who is who is he? He? Um, yeah. I mean, he was a minor, who's, who's minor, he? minor league free agent signing, I think from like the Rockies organization. It's, um, Oh, from the, oh, from the Mets or like the, the Mets, Mets and I, twins he, too. He was a free agent. So, yeah, I mean, it's, you know, sometimes that happens. I think that the, uh, Bautista, you know, the closer for Orioles was once upon a time was a minor league free agent signing, but, um, yeah, it's, it's, I don't know. 
I can't really say anything nice about these guys because there's <laughs> nobody who really, really stands out. We talked about Marcano. Marcano is kind of exciting. Some of the big arms we like, Marco Jimenez and, and Ulysses Campos, haven't performed well, and I think they might both be hurt right now. So it's just a, it's yeah, kind right. of a hodgepodge. It's a hodgepodge, and guys like even like uh, Jesus Cruz, yeah. who they uh, some yeah. I mean, he's got good strikeout numbers, but some of the it's again, yeah. Um, and they also used for whatever reason too. I, he ever since I noticed this a couple of weeks ago, they used Trey Cruz for Jesus Cruz or uh, like to his picture. Photo? So, yeah, oh. first photo. Yeah, so maybe maybe it's Trey Cruz's alter ego. Well, to Chris, Chris Gaines, it goes down to pitch at Lakeland. Yeah, it doesn't have the hair and everything, though. But, uh, um, yeah, it, it is kind of – there's some numbers in there that indicate that they 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 have some work to do, but maybe they can pull something out of that. So, uh, then tonight, let's go look at the complex league real quick, Chris, because in terms of – like the, in terms of like looking at it every day, honestly, I maybe look at it once or twice a week because uh, in terms of data or – video or anything like that but this week coming up based off some of the signings we may see some i might be paying attention a little bit more yeah well and there were there were some um there were definitely some exciting uh rehab perform assignments i don't know about exciting but it was good to see that that peyton graham was back playing ryan kreidler was back playing dylan smith pitched for the first time since uh april so that was nice to see but yeah you're right there, there's going to be a ton of um this is where all the, the draft picks are going to play, at least to start the year. And uh, and that's a good good point you bring up because I want to mention something. And I, I've talked about this guy multiple times this year, Josue Perseño, right? Uh, he is he is performing uh, quite well this year. His la In last week, he was 5 for 19 with a homer, three walks, three strikeouts. So kind of pedestrian for him, an 890 OPS. But uh, overall this season... I'm pulling it up right now. I want to see. I think it's still over a thousand. Uh, yeah. So I know so. this record doesn't matter either, but the complex tigers are in first place. Nice. That's yeah. it. It helps. Um, yeah. yeah. So Brasenio has a, a 1,022 OPS, right? 346 average, four home runs, walking about as much as he strikes out. I I keep pointing out like, hey, this is really interesting, but but I also want to reiterate that that he does not turn 19 until September. He is a month younger than Kevin McGonigal. If Kevin McGonigal were hitting 346 in the Florida Complex League with four home runs, we'd all be like, "This this kid is legit, right?" Like, so I think right. people should really start paying attention to, to Presidio a little bit more. Yeah. Not that again, I, I'm not guaranteeing that anything is going to happen. The Complex League is is much easier than full season ball, but he's putting up numbers and and that are very impressive for a kid his age. And he's enormous. We saw a picture yeah. oh, shared with us by uh, was it Terry? Terry? Yeah, uh, you got like a full grown man beard. He's like, <sighs> like the size of Lurch. I thought he looked like uh, thirty five. I swear to God, I thought he was thirty. Like, he looked like he was thirties. He's a big dude. So uh, I, I, let me go I see think, if I can find him real quick here. I think catching's not in his future, but oh. a left handed hitting first baseman with power and patience. I think down the road that could be fun. Uh, yeah, and so as Deadly Ninja B said, can he actually catch? I don't think. I mean, I've never watched him catch. Yeah, he had two throwing errors the other day. He's kind of splitting his time between catching DH and first base. Just based on how big he is right now at 18, I find it hard to believe. But uh, I don't know. Maybe if he can, then oof, they've got something. Yeah, there's a good possibility that he plays first base. Probably first. So. You know, or, like, yeah, who knows? Maybe he's a DH down the road. But yeah. But I mean, he was. It's this is not like he's a nobody, right? He got one of their bigger bonuses, 
right. uh, last year. I was think he had like the third highest bonus behind Javier Osorio and Samuel Gill. Heel. Um, and by the way, props to Terry because she just had her knee surgery. Yeah. So she's coming back already and uh, just kind of, you know, doing her and, thing already. And the other interesting one, um, and we haven't talked about this much, but uh, you did, you were able to sneak him into the kind of the back of your top 50 prospects or whatever is Clayton Campbell, the New Zealand kid who, uh, you know, we don't know if there's anything there really, but he's really performing well. He's got, what did it was say 14 doubles in 20 games, something like that. Yeah. Um, he's just a doubles machine this year. And so his OPS is yeah, 1089, I think 1009. So, uh, so two home runs, 14 doubles in 20 games, uh, just to hit 325. There's another international signing, right? I think, um, not super heralded and we don't know if he's actually a prospect or anything like that, but he's performing pretty well and he doesn't turn 21 until, uh, September. All right, so I found a I found a decent picture of of um, well here yeah I did, did find one of uh, I'm drawing a blank on his name Wilson Brasenia yeah Brasenia yeah Let's see here okay I'll pull it up right now uh, the Cruz bullpen yeah when she did yeah there we go okay All right, here we go uh, this is yeah he's a big boy. This is uh, is that good for the viewers, not the watchers? Yeah. Or wait, no, for the not the listeners. Yeah, it's not the listeners. There's a picture. Yeah, so we got we pulled up a picture of him, but yeah, there's. Wait, that's not him, is it? He's right. He's lefty. He's oh no! It says, it says. Oh, she, maybe she named it wrong then. To him. Because we it was there was the Instagram feed right that had uh, the pictures of him. He was a big bearded gentleman, but. Um, yeah, maybe I don't know. I don't know where it is, what it is now. Then um, that could be him with the catching gear on. I don't know. What it is? It says it's Dana De La Cruz. Oh, Daniel's De La yeah. Cruz. Yeah, yeah. Uh, in any event, he's a big, strong kid, hitting well, got some power, got some patience. Younger than Kevin McGonigal, only a couple months older than Max Clark. Um, I think people, you know you're right to be like sort of optimistic about him and, and think of him as, as a guy who's somebody to follow in the future. Yeah. Norman, Romar Fania. Romar Fana. Yeah. Yeah. That's another guy that he's an outfielder, right? Yeah. It's another guy too. That's been having some good numbers in the complex league, but yeah, again, it's uh sorry, I'm getting sidetracked and I'm going to go ahead and stop this. Cause I'm, you know, <laughs> so, Oh, somebody mentioned uh, my guy, Todd, Todd Howard mentioned that, we're seeing it was also from the same place as Mickey. Did not know that. That's a good, good fun fact there. Yeah, they, they grow them. They grow them well down there. The okay. <laughs> All right. So I did find. Okay. So now I did find a better picture of Brasenio. I'm not enough. As soon as I close the window. <laughs> well, hey, that's the way it works. Yeah. There. Look at him. You, you close the window. You open a door. Yeah. I mean, look how tall this guy is. Look at that. There you go. Yeah. That's a big boy. That's still yeah. not the one that we saw earlier, but. Uh, you you get the idea. Yeah, actually, know. you know what? I, he has an Instagram, so there you go. Get, yeah, now I gotta just do this. Sweet. Yeah, look at look at him, huge. Yeah, he's a big kid, and uh, like I said, um, should be interesting to see, see if he, you know, if he can continue to perform like this as, at the same age as all these first round, second round draft picks. Uh, be fun to watch, but yeah, I digress. 
He's been uh, he's been the guy that I you know I check in on his box scores. Raylan Perez is still down there. He's been struggling. Uh, Gill, we talked about Gill Heel. Um, he's been performing well, but it's there's zero power there, which was kind of the book on him anyway. Coming out of the international market, he's got some steals. He's hitting for average, taking some walks, but I think four extra base hits. The ISO is like under point zero five oh. He's uh, I made uh, the Sergio Alcantara kind of comp but i've never seen him play defense so who knows but i don't know and then you got the you know the dominican and the uh the dominican leagues we kind of we look at those numbers and go that's fun we talked about it before like some of the some of their signings from this year are doing well enrique jimenez christian perez annabelle salas they're all doing pretty well michael orasco is, is performing well but you really don't know until you get, get these guys to the states and then even then you don't know until they start performing in regular season ball so yeah it's um oh no oh, sorry uh greg text me uh-oh yeah greg was trying to figure out the because of there's a, a rally of sorts on oh, saturday correct. yes yeah was yeah, it saturday yeah. saturday right. yeah so we gotta he's making special arrangements for media parking nice. so he just texted me and i was just looking at my phone for the first time and yeah so I just realized too, it's almost uh it's almost eleven. But uh thank you for everybody who's been tuning in this evening. Was there anything else you wanted to highlight uh this week, Chris? Uh let's see. I'm trying to think. Uh well, we touched on all the, the levels. We 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 discussed the the promotions. We didn't really do draft stuff. I don't know. I mean, we had the whole draft shows. I don't know if there's anything yeah. beyond that to talk about. We saw, you know, Max Clark. Uh, was up in Detroit. He'll probably be down in the Gulf uh, in the Florida complex. League. He might start think. as soon as this week. I mean, I would it, think at some yeah. point this week. Yeah, th- th- those guys will start playing. Maybe not on Tuesday, but maybe. Um, and then yeah, I think the rest of I think we'll see all those guys pretty much start in the complex league, and then maybe a game or two they'll move over to Lakeland. Yeah. Um, not not I think like Max Max Anderson, he'll probably play a little bit in the complex and over to Lakeland. Um, yeah. As far as I'm starting. I was gonna say maybe starting West Michigan. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't see that happening. But stranger things have have happened. From from what we've seen of promotions uh, under Scott Harris, you know, I don't know if he's completely hands on with all these guys. He probably is. I don't think it's just up to Garco, but um, he doesn't seem terribly aggressive compared to Avila and Dabrowski. So I I don't think that they would push anybody up to to West Michigan. It's possible if one of these guys performs. I was talking to Dan that, you know, I wouldn't have predicted that Dan, uh, Danny Soretti made it to West Michigan last year, let alone Erie in his yes. first year after getting drafted. So you never know if these guys come out and really perform. The college guys, if they come out and perform, uh, you could see them in West Michigan. But I don't think, I think it's unlikely we'll see any of the high school guys get their get, get their way to West Michigan this year. Yeah, I mean, it would be nice, but, uh, you know, it's uh, it's going to be, it's going to be interesting to see the next couple of weeks overall. We did get a question about whether the Mudhens play the Real Riders next season in 2024 away games. I don't know if they put the they put the schedule out for next year yet. I don't know. Let me. Uh, I'll search. Well, we'll look that up. So, but beyond that, uh, so in terms of written content this week, we should have some articles posted over at TigersMLReport.com. And yes, by by the trade deadline, once we figure out whether the Tigers are going to make a couple of trade prospects or not, the trade deadline there will be a trade deadline show. So mm-hmm. just as a heads up, so we will be all over that when it happens. But by then, we should have our top three. Like the top thirty is pretty much done. 
we well, yeah I mean, we, we have the top 30 ready we're just waiting to to add in any yeah uh, any trade acquisitions and you i would assume the tigers get two guys yeah it'll end up on on our top 30 maybe three maybe one will, sneaks one will be a lottery ticket. yeah one might be a lottery ticket but one i would assume would be a prospect guy yeah, that you're right chris maybe put in the top 10 so yeah i mean that's the hope we, who knows maybe they'll sign lorenz into an extension and sign or trade rodriguez for nothing I, who knows but we're hopeful that they they add some more talent to the system yeah because as far and that was sorry yeah. that was that's it just reminded me that we we had a question i threw out the question in the minor league chat on the discord and um it was it wegsy bot right he had a question for us where is he i'm looking for it i'm looking for it Maybe something like, where do you think the Tigers rank against the rest of the league after half a season and the draft? Um, in certain terms of the season, I know this is a Tigers pod, but maybe the better question would be like, do you think the Tigers are in a better place now than the system was when the year started, ups and downs considered? Is the system better now than it was to begin the year? Um, I would say yes, but mostly yeah. because of the draft, right? Like uh, there have been some positive developments from players within the system. We always like Colt Keith. Everybody kind of came to Jesus this year and saw yeah, how good he was. The bandwagon. Um, You're welcome. So that, that's not like a, a huge shock to us, right? That that he has performed well. Um, you know, Malloy, we didn't really know. We thought Malloy was pretty good. And then to the beginning of the year, he was on fire. And now we know he's pretty good. Like yeah. I, I, he's not a top 100 type prospect, but he's a solid prospect who might turn out decently. Um, I'll say that Jace Young, I think, has performed better than I expected, even though I still am a little bit skeptical about him. Uh, so that that's an improvement there. The pitching has kind of, Montero has stepped up in a big way. But you you got kind of, you know, Madden and Flores have been fine. They haven't been bad by any means. They just haven't taken the huge leap forward like you'd like to see from seemingly every Cincinnati Reds pitching prospect this year. Um, but yeah, I think in general that the organization's in a better place stronger uh, a little bit deeper you got your justice big bees out there coming out of nowhere yeah i was gonna say and you have i think one of the things to consider too is we were talking about this earlier about lakeland playing better than winning 12 in a row somehow some way so they're piecing together the the progress of jose Mercado Mercado is is to me good because or joseph Mercado. it's they definitely needed another i want to say win yet because we haven't seen him outside of uh, Lakeland yet, but still, nevertheless, it's still progress because Lakeland hasn't really been started rich. Um, I think one other th- one of the other things that I, I I think that you can hang your hat on in terms of improvement wise is out. You look at the Justice Big B. We just talked about him, but even guys like Chris Myers who have made significant improvements. Uh, ben Melgeri comes to mind as well. So there's been a couple of like people that we weren't expecting. And even with hurdlers numbers too, I mean, he has, he's not second in all of the Tigers leading with 90 strikeouts and 76 innings of work. I think the development of Flores' third pitch too, this also plays a role in his start. Again, he is going out there trying to improve himself as a starter. So sometimes you will, you will see at times that it's not going to be pretty, but he gets the job done, but he's got to, he's got to work on that pitch somehow, some way, the development of Gibson long's cutter. That's another thing to consider because he didn't have that pitch at the beginning of the year and he's suddenly throwing it for strikes. So, yeah. Go ahead, Chris. Well, so, so here's the thing that's interesting thing about that. Uh, Gibson long in Toledo. So we had his pitch data, right? According to Savant, he didn't throw a single cutter in that start. 
And you know what happened? He got bombed by lefties. All his damage came against lefties. Cody Clemens hit a three-run homer against him. I think he gave up seven hits, and six of them were against lefties. So I and I was looking at the individual pitch data, and I couldn't see like anything getting mislabeled, like as a slider instead of a cutter. So I don't know. Like we know that he added that and and has been using it, and then he gets to Toledo, and they just don't use it, and it uh, you know it cost him a little bit. He, he pitched well, but so yeah, I don't know. Who knows? Maybe he just didn't wasn't comfortable with it entirely and didn't want to break it out or uh, or what. But um, yeah, but, but that that is an example we talked about. Job has added a cutter this year that is, looks really good. Ty Madden is throwing his cutter more. There's uh, there's been a lot of positive developments in, in some of these guys. Like you said Flores. Do people complain about Flores? His his delivery still, the way he kind of spins off the mound, but he's still throwing enough strikes. And if you watch Michael Lorenzen. He doesn't come off the mound terribly cleanly. He he spins yeah. around a lot too. Like you, there are guys who do that. It's just the way it is. Um, so I'm still not entirely convinced that Flores is a starter in the big leagues. And stop it, asked if if we're going to see him start in Detroit this year, and and I don't think so. He's not on the 40 man roster, so yeah, I don't think they would add him just to start him late in the season. I, I don't think if we see any starts late in the season for minor leagues guys, it's going to be like emergency, right? It's going to be the Brendan Hannafees of the world or whatever. They bring them up and then jettison them just as quickly. But Dead, Deadly Ninja Bee's ass is everyone throwing cutters now. Thanks to Robert Lund. Yeah, there are, there's some more people throwing cutters. For real. Yeah, they, they've really it, – apparently it's something he really likes. He, he, he likes to have guys add that to Arsenal. And, and it is a good pitch, right? Like if you can throw yeah. a good cutter, it's a great weapon to neutralize uh, opposite side hitters for you. And – uh and that's what we know about pitches that move horizontally. The harder you throw them, the better they are. That's, uh, uh, you know, sweepers have become kind of uh, in vogue, but they are terrible against opposite side hitters. Yeah. If you're throwing, a, if you're a right-hander throwing a sweeper to a lefty, you're in trouble. And uh, so throwing a cutter along with that gives you another weapon. So, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know if, like, I don't think Flores is throwing a cutter. I don't know if. Uh, did, did he throw a cutter to the last well, year? I mean, I thought he threw kind of like a short. So, cutter. yeah, I mean, he's always thrown two breaking balls, two distinct breaking balls to me. And some people say it's a cutter and a slider. And I, I thought it was a slider and a curve. I, I don't know. But, um, yeah, I, it's something that if guys have a little bit of a feel for it, they're going to work on them. I work on it with them. And, and that's been a positive development. And I, I think, yeah, in general, I think the system's a little bit better than it was at this time last year. Uh, just partially through the draft. I think they had a much better draft than they did last year. They also, we were picking higher. So that helps. and and. Yeah, they had a different strategy, and then it worked out pretty well. I think we believe they signed nineteen of the twenty-one. I don't think I ever heard from the the Carter kid. The Ferris kid said he wasn't signing. So, uh, but yeah, it, it'll be exciting to see who who they get here at the trade deadline. What kind of players they target? I was kind of I set a, a filter to players with power and patience who didn't strike out much. Just like that seemed like the kind of guy that they were going to go after. And it was interesting when I set that filter, I ended up with two Tigers on the list, Malloy and Parker Meadows. So I was like, okay, well, this, I, I kind of, this, this makes sense. These, these might be the kind of players that are going to target, but in trades, sometimes you just have to take the best player possible. Right. So it, like Raj said, they might end up with a catcher who they really like his defense and doesn't hit a ton, or they might end up with a, a pitcher, uh, even though they don't necessarily seem to want that. But if that's the best player you can get for Erod, then you go for it, right? Right. And as far as I mean, if they end up trading 
both starters, both Lorenz and Rodriguez. And yeah, you might see a, a likely start from sort of Gibson long or somebody else. I don't know. Again, they might even get a pitcher back in return that is in triple a that doesn't really have any room to go. So um, yeah, Sergio mentioned Tyler Madison. He's been a, a positive development and long yeah. column. And, and then he asked, uh, is Gibson long going to get a start in Detroit this year? Yeah. That one might be slightly more likely. Still, he's another guy who's not on the 40 man, but yeah. it would not shock me because we, we've heard that Scott Harris likes him, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he was, we've been told he's a big fan of his. So I don't, I don't know. I mean, I, I think again, even the one person we've totally forgot about on all this is Reese Olson. Reese Olson yep. has, I mean, he is another guy who took it to another level this year. I mean, even if he got beat up in his start against the Padres, that's the Padres. And yeah, they're one of the best offenses in baseball over the yeah. last month. It's, it's, there's no huge shame. And, and it really was just Juan Soto, right? Yeah. Juan Soto hit 7,000 miles of home runs against him. And, and that's because Juan Soto is, you know, Juan Soto. He's not as yeah. crazy as he's been over the last couple of years, but he's still one of like the five best hitters in baseball. Like they're going to get you, especially if you throw them fastballs in your results. But, you know, you got to do what you got to do. Richard made a suggestion Lorenz to Cincinnati for Chase Petty. Well, that'd be fun. Chase yeah. Petty was, uh, he's really, he was the twins. I want to say first rounder a couple of years ago. And they yeah. traded him. Traded, was that the Molly trade? I don't remember who they traded him for. I can't Sonny remember. Gray? Sonny Gray. Was it, was it the Sonny Gray trade? Nah. That actually would make more, more, more sense. I think it was, but uh, yeah, he's, I think he's up to double A now. He, he was a guy who was throwing a hundred as, as a high schooler with a ton of effort. And I think they've calmed him down now and he looks more like a, a, a starting pitcher, but. Yeah, I, I don't know. Something like that, I could see. We, we, I didn't even mention pitching prospects for the Reds in that part of the trade article. I just threw out a bunch of offensive names because they yeah, have a of them right now. Yeah, I was just going to say, more, they, right? they have more. Uh, they have a lot of infield prospects, just a lot of them. And they have to do something. They have to make some decisions on them at some point. But, uh, yeah, you did. I mean, in terms of pitching, you mentioned uh, Brian uh, Brandon Pathlet, uh, Pathlet, the Diamondbacks. Oh, Brandon Fott. But okay, that's yeah. oh, I was still not even close. Uh, I mean, it's a PFAADT, it's a stupid name, yeah, yeah. or Carson, uh, wasn't hunt for the guy, his people, yeah. or wherever he comes from, but it's a dumb name, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, and that one was, was really, I, I feel like honestly, that was like the least realistic trade I threw out there because he was a legit, like, top 30 prospect, you know, um, two months ago, right? And he still probably is. He's just every time he gets to the big leagues, he gets bombed, and I was like, oh, you know, and I just couldn't. Like you, you even mentioned, it was funny. You mentioned Vukovic and Blaze Alexander to me, and uh, you know they didn't fit my criteria. Like I set out the, yeah. the the power and walks and strikeouts, so I didn't put them in there. And then somebody on Twitter was like, "Hey, what do you think about this deal? Uh, deal with Arizona for these two guys?" I'm like, "I'll be damned." The exact same two guys Roger mentioned. So maybe there's something to it. I just uh, I set a line in the sand, just trying to find guys, and that's where we found out like Tyler Black and Joey Loperfino yeah. and um which I thought they all made sense, right? They, they're not necessarily top 100 prospects, but they're guys who could get there with based on their performance. So anyway. Yeah. All right. How about it? So thank you so much for listening. We appreciate it. We're going to have the podcast out tomorrow. And if you listen to our audio version already, well, thank you for listening. We appreciate that. And uh, so trade line, trade deadline is what? The 29th? I think it's August 1st. Is it August 1st? Okay. So that would be Tuesday. Okay. So it would be a Tuesday. All right. So we'll be a show for that. There'll be a, a normal show on Thursday. 
And more than likely, I'll probably be going a couple of games this weekend with the Angels coming to town. The Giants coming to town for a makeup game starts at one o'clock tomorrow. So, or excuse me, one ten to be precise. So thank you, everybody. We appreciate it. And we will talk to you if you if you want a member of our Discord. We'll talk to you there. We'll talk to you online, on Twitter, or whatever it's called tomorrow, whether it's change your <laughs> mind. Uh, we do have Blue Sky. So if you find us on Blue Sky and Threads. Yeah, I mean, you know, it, it's, you know, we don't need to get into it too much, but it's, it's, it's like. It's horseshit. Well, it just t- like we're still posting everything on Twitter because that's just yeah. what we've done forever, right? And it, it, like it's I don't want to triple post stuff. Yeah, but uh, maybe there maybe we can set something up to where it automatically posts on Blue Sky and Threads too. Yeah, that would be nice. But I don't know if you can do that with video. But thanks everybody for for checking us out and hanging with us, and thanks again for all the donations. And uh, yeah, it's been very helpful, and it'll help again this week as we drive to Erie and uh, get you guys some footage of Jace Young in his. Uh, Double A debut, at least his double first week in Double A. We're not going to be there on Tuesday. Yeah, hopefully we get some Job stuff too as well. Yeah. All right, we'll see you guys later.